Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. Hi everyone, my name is C, I use they them pronouns, and I play Oka Hien, Asamar blood hunter and monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Noct Shurzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include romance, flirting, references to sexual entanglements, complex and complicated relationships, and death. Arc 4, Episode 9, Exponential Halving of a Life, from Half-Life in Exiles of Eden by Ladon Osman. Consort Mu Piao, fifth spouse of the Emperor, niece of the late King Garhua, third husband to the late Emperor Ju, and daughter of the late Lady Mu Shuo. Matriarch of Mu Enterprises takes comfort in routine. Every morning at 6 a.m. sharp, Piao wakes up and takes a bath. That hour of alone time, soaking in fragrant water by herself, clears her mind and clarifies her intentions for the day. Next, Piao towels off, sits down in front of their mirror, and does their daily affirmations. You are worthy, you are wise, you are powerful. And next comes the makeup, the hair, the elaborate robes it takes three servants to wrap around her body. And by 7.30, Piao is ready to take the palace by storm. Her servants go to her son's room to rouse him, giving Piao a slender window of 15 unmonitored minutes. They slink to the private garden behind their quarters, the chilly morning breeze biting their exposed neck, and cast an anxious glance about the chrysanthemums. And there, between the lilies and the red oak tree, 
Piao sees the spy. A blue-skinned half-orc with a fringe of golden curls hanging in front of stormy gray eyes. The spy approaches and tells Piao that there is no news, which is, of course, good news. A suspicious eighth wife, yes, but the situation is handled. And in return, Piao tells the spy of her own observations and is pleased to share that there is no news on her end either. She asks the spy again how she could be of further assistance, but the spy talks around an answer. And as they do, Piao realizes just how much they dislike the half-orc. They've never liked their strange, expressionless face, the glossy, predatory vacancy of their eyes. They are, in fact, relieved when the parley is done and the spy disappears into the, into the shadows of early morning. Piao retreats into her home. Ren, her son, is up and about eating kanji and yawning very openly in a very unprince-like manner. The next few hours are filled with personal tutors, instructors, officiants coming into the courtyard to teach Ren all manner of gentlemanly things. How to spar, how to read, how to write, how to think like a scholar. But while Ren langers under the rigorous instruction of his various tutors, Piao, his mother, retreats into her office to take care of Mu Enterprise business. Apocalypse or not, they have a mercantile company to run. Day turns to afternoon, which turns to evening. And after dinner in the garden amongst the tiger lilies, Piao takes Ren to the royal library for further studying, where Liang Ya will be a good influence on him. The fifth spouse and their son take up books in the stacks for several hours, at which point Ren grows hungry and despondent and tired, and so Piao goes to the concession to receive a jar of olives. And the woman who works the stand is a high elf, short and stocky, with long navy blue hair tied back into a braid. You see silver piercings clustering her eyes, her eyebrows, her bridge, her ears. She quirks a jewelry-studded brow at Piao and hands them their olives before the fifth spouse can even finish asking for them. And when Piao comes back to the table, there are two newcomers. She recognizes them, she thinks. The tall half-orc and the small aracocra, a mismatched pair if they ever saw one. The word biographer sticks to their mind and then it clicks. Ah, yes, of course, these are the researchers who snuck into the palace a week ago and infiltrated the throne room of the emperor herself, but instead of striking them down for their insolence, the emperor had rewarded them for their determination, and now they are allowed to roam the grounds to their heart's content, collecting information for a piece about Makoya Hien, Liangya's absent older sibling. The spy had told Piao to be wary of the biographers. No particular reason, just exercising caution. And so Piao smiles at Manaya and Dewey and offers them each an olive. But the looks on their faces are unexpected. Manaya and Dewey, make a performance or deception check, your choice. All right, Dewey, what'd you get? Manaya, what did you get? 21. 21 for Manaya? Was that deception or performance? Uh, they're the same. 
So let's say performance. Okay, performance. What about you, Dewey? I rolled a three. Oof. Okay, we're taking the three. We're taking the three of the 21. So Dewey, describe to me how you look shifty. How are you coming off as suspicious? I think that Dewey's eyes go wide for a moment and then he reins them in and then he's like, wait a second. And he looks from the olives to Mu, to Minaya, back down to his paper. And then you just see like the, you almost see like the equations going in his head. And then you see like a look of calm, but it's way too late for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I might add, I mentioned last session that at the realization, Manaya like stomped on Dewey's foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he makes a little bit of a squeaking noise as well. Liangya looks up in concern as you squawk. Uh, Dewey, is everything okay? Uh, yeah, just leg cramp. A leg cramp? Uh, maybe I can help. I have some tiger bomb right here. Uh, and Liangya starts like looking through her pouches. That, that's okay. Uh, that's um, that's all right. And Dewey like leans down towards his afflicted leg, and while his head is bowed, he like turns at Manaya and is like, with a look of like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, Manaya blinks a couple times, smiles at Consort Mupiao, and and says, "Oh, Dewey, let me help you with that." And she also bends down, and just a whispered, "Sorry about that. I overreacted." We should get out of here. Agreed. And then he straightens back up. He's like, sorry about that. Just needed a bit of massaging. Yep, it happens. I got a electrolytes and all. Uh-huh. And Dewey, you're noticing Consort Moo's eyes are sort of glued on you, right? This like fire ganasi with like the, you know, like kind of like flaming hair cascading down their shoulders. They pause and are looking at you. They kind of don't really seem to be bothered by Manaya, but their gaze is fixated uh, on your glasses. And they go, uh, well, the hour is um, drawing late. It was good to meet the two of you if you're on your way out. Uh, 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 charmed. Yeah, maybe we'll see you, see you around. Uh, I'm sure we'll bump into each other again. <laughs> Yes, we look forward to, and when I like shoulders, uh, elbows Dewey, we look forward to interviewing you. Oh, oh, yes, I'd heard about the biography. Uh, n- no, no, thank you. Uh, I'd rather not be interviewed. Uh, and besides, I don't really know Prince Hien very well personally. Uh, neither myself nor my son were particularly close to them before their exile uh, and then of course their return so i'm i'm afraid i i wouldn't be a very very good subject for for interviewing anyway and with that i think we should maybe uh leave the young royals to their uh studies hmm, do we yes it's so important uh good meeting you again uh enjoy the snack mm, snacks drinks uh snacks <laughs> with the most awkward sign-off in the history of awkward sign-offs. Dewey, Dewey, uh, quote-unquote, finger-gun Cardu uh, backs out of the Royal Library with Manaya in tow. Uh, Dewey, you feel Piao's gaze burning holes in your feathery back, like all the way out of the stacks past, like the um, circulation desk, like out into like the broad evening of the flowery courtyards of the royal palace. So where are the two of you headed as you finally get some fresh air? And Liangya sort of waves goodbye, but goes back to her studies very attentively on your way out. Back to the, gosh, back to the quarters, the safety of our quarters, where I know I'm not going to run into any 
traitors or spies. Why does it always have to be me, Manaya? I don't know. We cut to V returning to the guest quarters victorious, saddled with, I think, gold and also secrets that you took from the second wife's gambling parlors. So I think all in all, you probably made a decent amount of gold if you would have converted your tokens. So why don't you roll me a D100 with advantage? Because you did win a lot last session. First one was 18, 54. Okay, you can do 18 plus 54. That's how much gold you end up winning, I think. Add a zero to the end of that. Add like two zeros to the end of that. This is royal, this is royal mahjong. What are you talking about? Okay, you know what? You know what? You know what? Roll a D1000. Screw the D100s. Roll a D1000. Okay? D1000. I've never... <laughs> wow. Let's see here. 786. You make 786 gold pieces, V. Are you happy, C? Are you happy? I am happy. Thank you. Yes. I remember this, V. I got you that coin. Trust me, V Noxurza does not forget. So V, your pocket's heavy with gold, right? Perhaps both in like physical gold, but also in forms of like paper credit they can turn in later because 700 whatever amount of pieces of gold is like an insane amount to be carrying on your person. You return to the guest quarters. As you step over this like circular archway, right, that leads into the gardens of this courtyard. You're struck by how quiet everything is. And inside your temporary home, you see only a single candle burning from within. You don't hear the merry voices of Oka or Dewey or Manaya talking late into the night as they have in the past. It just seems to be Rev. As you open up the shutters to this room, you see your girlfriend, question mark? Uh, sat at a low table, reading. V immediately, her chest tightens immensely. She's trying to act like she's not responding. She walks into the room. She's still wearing these very nice sort of traditional robes that she has been wearing throughout this, this week of gambling. But she looks a little haggard because her sleep schedule's been like complete reverse and uh, you know, every night she's been out till dawn and uh, she smells of the fine tobacco products when she was with the second spouse. She looks at Rev, but like try like quickly darts away and um, I think at first walks past and goes into the bathroom to wash up a little bit and maybe take off some of these robes. But inside of the bathroom, she's like listening if there's any movement back in there. It's just silence. Just the water splashing into the porcelain of the sink as you sort of off the tobacco that clings to your clothes. V gets out of that and gets into more, you know, lounging, sleeping type clothes because she will probably want to sleep somewhat soon. And walks back into the room. There's heaviness. Uh, she uh, finally sits maybe at uh, the table nearby. So I guess we should have a, a talk. 
Rev rolls up the scroll she was reading and like agonizingly slowly tucks it into a sleeve and like puts the cork back on, you know, and like it's like kind of making you wait, you know, like slowly screws the top back on and then gets up and slowly slots it like back into the shelf where she'd taken it from. She comes back, kneels in front of the table and then looks you dead in the eye. And the two of you fully realize paragons with your mismatched eyes right stare at each other from across this low tea table which is engraved with these beautiful reliefs of flying cranes across a starry night sky and rev says so let's talk then i think with that uh v starts to get a bit choked up she's fighting back but maybe a tear or two um starts forming down the side of her cheek as she's trying to push through she doesn't want to let this avalanche of crying out, so she's struggling to speak because she knows it will encourage her to cry some. But she finally lets out, I love you so much. I... I don't think that's the problem here, V. You know I love you too. I'm... I'm in this... I made a promise to myself a long time ago that I wouldn't get attached and I'm here and I'm attached not just to you but to someone else and there's so much going on that I, I don't want to lose you but I feel like I can't give you what you want you need I feel like with everything going on maybe it's just it's best to break things off until after all of this is over Wow. Uh, and Rev sort of leans back on her, like, heels and is looking at you with, like, I think, like, disbelief in her face. Sort of, like, nodding and, like, smiling in, like, an extremely humorless way. <sighs> wow. V, seriously? You're not even gonna... You're not even gonna fight for us? You're not gonna fight for what we have? You're just gonna run away? what I'm good at. You're only good at it because you've had a lot of practice at it, V. There are other things you can try at and, and be good at, like me, like us. And that this V starts crying even a little harder. I don't know how. I don't know how to work on whatever this is. Hey. Hey. Uh, upon seeing you, like, start to break down and cry, like, the anger and the hardness that had sort of, like, risen to the surface of Rev's expression sort of, like, softens. And she, like, comes around the other side of the table and put puts an arm around you, actually. And I think this is the first time she's, like, touched you in a week, like, in a way that feels soft and gentle. Uh, and she sort of, like, holds you in her arms and, like, pulls you close into her. And it's weird not having her long hair drape into your face because it's all like short and shaved now, but she's still her. She still smells like her. She like holds you close. She just goes, hey, hey, V, it's, it's okay. It's, I don't, I don't want to be mad at you. This isn't, I'm not trying to scold you or make you feel bad about yourself. I just want to know that you're willing to fight for us because I am, I, I've had a week to think, and 
maybe I am being a little unreasonable. I mean, we don't have that much time left before we all die, so we might as well... That's what I want, okay? I just want to spend all the time we have left together, together. I want to be with you, in the end, in the way that matters. That's all I mean. Wait, 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 hold. Until we... We're not gonna die. I mean, we're gonna get through this. We're... I mean, the odds are, are, are rough, but I've had better odds. We can get through this. What What do you mean, die? Well, I mean, well, yes, of, of course, this, the Emperor's assassination, we have to ford that river. But, I mean, the end of destiny for us, V, you know? Whoa, 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 wait, wait, what? What do you mean by the end of destiny? Uh, Rev pulls away. I assume you also pull away a little bit and you're like looking yeah, at each other. Yeah. She's still like, she's still like holding your waist and your shoulder. And she's looking at you with kind of like a, not, not like a guilty expression at all, but like a surprised and concerned expression. The end of the Paragons, V, the fight against the stranger, our sacrifice, the nightmares We've been having the prophetic dreams, the warnings, the visions of the future. Yeah, but those are dreams. We, that doesn't, do you, you mean to tell me that we are going to do all of this just so that we can sacrifice ourselves at the end for real? I thought it was obvious. Was that not obvious? I'm sorry, no, I, I, I guess I missed the memo, you know? You tell V that, uh, you know, bad dreams happening, uh, that doesn't mean that this is reality, I'm... Uh, v, why do you think it, it, it took me so long to accept the Raven Queen into my heart? Not just because it was clouded with vengeance, but, I mean, our inevitable end, the Paragons, the second group of Paragons were supposed to sacrifice ourselves to save Endake. There is no post-cataclysm for us. This is it. This is all we get. And I... I want to spend it with you. You almost feel like V, like, looking down at her chest and, like, trying to feel around for Scott and Nectis. I hate these gods with everything in my being. And then V kind of, like, looks up to Rev... Look, this is some new information for me, but this is what I'll say. Whether or not this destiny, this prophecy, this nightmare is true or not, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there with you. And if there is any way that I can make sure you don't perish, I will do it. V, the only way I'd ever want to go out is if you're right behind me. You know, this is the one time I'd rather go first. <laughs> I guess we'll find out in the end. I'm sorry, I really thought you knew. I thought it was extremely obvious from our nightmares. Also, you know, the shard of the Raven Queen in me has been pretty upfront about it. Death and all. Death. Oka, okay. 
Oh God, right. Okay. Well, actually, you know, they're fine. It's fine. We don't have to talk about that. They'll be, they'll be back. Um, long story V, I wanted to have this conversation first, but while I was waiting for you, I felt the Raven Queen struggle in my soul. Oka was attacked. They're fine now. They're fine. They're okay. They're with their friends, I think. And that sit lolly person back at Blackspire. I, I think they're okay. Sit lolly? Do we need to go? Do we? What's... No, no, no. It's fine. They're fine. They're uh, preoccupied right now. Uh, they're okay. They're fine. They were attacked, but other friends of Oka's came and saved them. I could sense it. Uh, one of their friends sent a distress signal out to the Raven Queen. Sit Lali, she's a cleric of, of the Raven Queen. We have a strange relationship. She tried to kill me. Uh, thought she was the Paragon. Long story. This, you keep throwing all this big I know, information I know, at me. I know. Listen, you think I've just been twiddling my thumbs this entire week while you've been doing whatever gambling business? I've been busy too. You, you say gambling business as if I haven't been hustling my ass off for the last week, finding out if that, you know, the second wife actually is not that bad. Kind of like I could do business with her. And making a cut on the side, huh? And Rev sort of reaches, kind of like leans in, right? Like her like chest bumps against yours and you're like, oh my God, is she going to kiss me for like a half, half, like half a second? But she reaches in and pulls out like a bulging coin sack, like strapped to your waist. You are the only person... In my life, who I would let get this close to my money. She puts the coins, like, straps them back against your waist and says, So, we're good? We're on the same page? V takes a moment. Yeah. If this is our destiny, if this is where we're heading for. I mean, I'm a little upset that my gods didn't tell me that this was my destiny, but, you know, <sighs> I'll deal with them later. Listen, uh, they're supposed to die, too. The god shards and paragons together. Well, they'll have it coming. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, v, like, gets serious again. I promise you that you are the most important person to me in Andake. I still feel very strongly about Lotus and I would really appreciate that you can support me in that but when we leave this place it seems like that's going to be a moot point, a moot relationship uh V about Lotus uh while you were gambling I went to Dokao and I spoke with her uh I think you should talk to her before you leave, V. She has desires, needs, uh, not like that. Well, like that, but also mostly just you should talk to her. I don't know if she'll be happy if you just leave her again. Yes, I suppose it's after 110 years old. Uh, I guess a V. Nakshirzo should, uh, or should I say Vasanti? Should stop running. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Lotus before. I'll talk soon. Okay. I mean, I like Lotus, okay? She's fine. Uh, she's smart, and I can see she loves you a lot, and that you love her a lot, and if it's important to you that I support your relationship, then I do. I think she's a good person. I think she's good for you. 
I also think you owe her a lot, V. So, yeah, let's make sure we talk before we leave. I would appreciate that. But just so you know, you're still those muscles of yours. Okay, yep. You want me to... All right. Uh, and Rev, <laughs> Rev, like, raises her arms to flex. And maybe that's when... Manaya and Dewey come back. Manaya steps in. Oh, uh, sorry. Manaya, like, shuffles Dewey out of the door. Uh, we'll be back uh, later. No, come on. We've no, got to talk. In. Yeah, come we on. should We should talk. Oh, no. If you would... I No, I just missed some muscles. I saw them. They're good. We're wonderful. Everyone, come on in. Come on. Let's, let's talk. Manaya looks at Dewey. Dewey, your feathers look more ruffled than usual, which is saying something. Something happened? Besides walking in... Oh, yeah, the uh, fifth vows. Uh, olives, not a drink. Traitor, we met them. We ran into them. Uncomfortable conversation. And V, like, I, too, I talked to the second wife, and she was very suspect, suspect of the fifth wife. Huh. Good. That's good news. We've got a suspect. Perhaps, Rev, would you like to fill our friends in on some of the many uh, truth bombs you decided to throw down just now? Uh, okay. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Where's Oka? That's one of the truth bombs. Oka, I think, will be back in the morning. They're fine. They were, Rev pauses, attacked, but they're okay. They're not dying. They're fine. Mostly. It's a long story. They'll be back in the morning and they can speak for themselves. I could sense their distress through the Raven Queen. Long story. But they'll be back in the morning. And maybe we should, uh, V, the other truth bombs, we should all talk in the morning when we're all together. That would be good. Yes. We look, and V looks at uh, um, Dewey and Manaya. There's so much to talk about that I think you all should know. But we should wait till we have Oka. Yes, we have a, a thought to sleep on. Sleep. Yes, it's quite late. It's basically morning. Uh, v, I'll see you in the uh, other room. Good night. Good night, Anaya. everyone. All right. Uh, maybe on that, y'all disperse right to your own rooms. V following Rev into the other room. Rev sort of brushes past Dewey a little roughly. As always, Rev just doesn't like you, Dewey. Rev just doesn't like you, and it's kind of mean yeah, to you all it. the time. Yeah. I get it. Yep. And with that, I think the four of you lay down for bed. You have the same God's damned nightmare that you've had every God's damned night ever since you've been in the palace. The battlefield, the blood, the monsters, the eyes, the wings, the paragon of Udabathi, the old woman. And when you gasp awake, it's morning. But as the sunless sky brightens above the slumbering palace, casting a dull gray light over the various beds of hydrangeas and chrysanthemums and ponds full of green dappled lilies and frogs uh, warbling their low throaty songs, we see a little pinprick in the distance at first, then growing larger and larger in the sky, a whirling flurry of feathers. Oka. We pick up from exactly where the hounds have left off. You, flying through the sky like a deranged bird, uh, given birth 
uh, to new wings yet again. Your joints here are no longer shattered because you've had a nice long rest. You've been recovered thanks to Sitlali and all of your friends' ministrations. Now you soar through the air, right? Your joints fully healed, heading back toward the palace. What do you do? Okay, I think the last thing that shattered was just that one time, but I swear they won't do it again. Uh, as they like peek over the bamboo and they just go higher and higher again. I'm trying to get like as much altitude, also being very careful to like, you know, be way out of range from the ground. They fly up maybe higher even than they're used to where it starts to get like a little thin and they're like really up there. Uh, just like feeling the currents uh, underneath their wings as this like silver thread, I think like dangles from their wrist and they like coast for a while. And then the palace I think starts to come into view and they just like almost this like strange elation, almost this like adrenaline that's like still pumping through them. And this low like course of pain uh, that I think has just been kind of like roiling in them since their soul was removed. These like little waves of agony. Uh, and Oka like is taking a moment of like life, I think, as they fly, like breathing in the life that they still have. And eventually they tuck their wings in and tilt down and just make a kind of wild dive toward a certain pagoda that does not belong to their friends and does in fact belong to one tiefling. Yeah, like a fucking peregrine falcon. You wrap your wings around yourself and you dive bomb Halo's pagoda. You break through like a cloud cover, right? Maybe like do cling to your wings as your feathers flap and you sort of through the air. And then like the palace gets bigger, right? Everything sort of looks like little toys sprawling for like miles and miles and miles all around you, but it gets bigger and bigger and more real. And then you whirl toward this huge, proud, royal pagoda and bam. Are you trying to crash through Halo's window or? No, I'm not trying to crash again. Uh, as as it like gets, um, uh, as it gets closer, Oka will like un tip back and like unfurl their wings again to like catch like a parasail basically. Uh, but they are gonna land right in her window. Okay. I think as you sort of dive toward the pagoda, we cut to the inside Halo's bedroom. And she's got like several like ladies in waiting who are helping her put on her wedding dress for a fitting just to make sure it looks good before. And it's like these beautiful, like silken, like silver and azure robes. And like the final touch is like this, like huge immaculate sapphire headdress that's supposed to be like, like put slowly like over her halo shaped horns. And like two ladies in waiting on each side cause it's so huge and heavy are like slowly lowering it over her horns when kabank thunk. Uh, they all turn and scream uh, as they see just Oka like, <laughs> like smeared against the window, like a fucking bat hitting the windshield of a 12 wheeler on the fucking highway in Minnesota. Uh, and <laughs> ladies in waiting scream. Uh, the headdress drops kind of clunkily and haphazardly over Halo's horns. She goes, ah, she stumbles a little. Uh, Oka, what do you do? Hey, don't drop that. <laughs> uh yeah several servants quickly like stumble to sort of like make up the difference and like the, in the balance on halo's head and they like slowly lower the rest of it the correct way uh oka knocks kind of on the on the wood you know like with the like they're holding on with one hand i think uh and they like knock on the wood and i think their voice is a little muffled so they're like can you open the window hey hey open the window i want to talk to her 
You see Halo like shooing the horrified servants out of her room. You see her like palming some silver in the hand of one and like put her hand over her lips. And like the like her bedroom door slides closed. She turns, whirls on the window. She looks beautiful, right? Makeup done, lipstick, eyeliner, like the, the she's in a fucking wedding dress, right? This these beautiful robes, like ceremonial robes, right? And she sort of huffs over and just like very unceremoniously, like bam, like slides the window open with such force that I think you stumble inside. Uh, hi, hi, uh, you, that's, um, that fits, it fits, I think it fits you. Halo grabs your earlobe and pulls you, pulls you like in a circle, like around her room, like she's like disciplining a dog. Hey, hey, hey I just, I needed to stop, uh, that's a lot. Hi, uh, it's, it looks really good. What did you do last night? And she slaps you hard across the face. Ah, uh, I forgot. You have such a good backhand. Uh, do you mean like, and okay, kind of like touches like, like their neck, like to hide it. <laughs> it's not like, not anything. Uh, um, uh, found, uh, you mean the actual thing? I, I came because I was worried that you might have dreamed about it. Did you dream about it? I did. I I did dream about something. I saw an elk running through the silent grove, scars all over their body, two pupils in each eye, Oka, and then I saw an arrow spear the elk through the chest and take something out of their body. What happened? Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't an elk. It was me. Um, you knew that. Yeah, of course. Duh. Uh, yes. <laughs> I it, this is metaphor 101 in dream interpretation. Okay, you don't have to school me on how to interpret dreams. I am the dream prophet. What happened? Oka shrinks. I think for the first time in their life, they look small next to this person. Uh, uh, Halo, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't want to scare you. That's why I came right here. Uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. I... The assassin moved against me last night. They took part of my soul. With a chisel. A chisel? Is that really what we're going to focus on? The choice of a chisel? No, no, I... Halo releases your ear and, like, slowly starts pacing around her room. And you see, like, a familiar concentration fall over her face. Like, the same kind of concentration she'd get when she was stumped on a particularly difficult, like, dream interpretation problem. The hunter in my vision, the one that shot an arrow through the elk's chest, their face was hidden from me. They were hiding in the shadows. They're empty, Halo. Like the monsters are. Like she is. The stranger. Yeah. Something is wrong with them. They, they called themselves the Paragon Killer. I think it's kind of obvious. They wore a mask. They bled, though. We're tethered to each other, sort of. But it's hard. They're hidden in the same way that they are in the dreams. There's, like, a long pause. And, like, Halo has her back to you as she, like, stops walking. I've meditated for a long time on the nature of the entity that wishes to destroy Andake, the stranger, as we call it. What, Oka, do you think makes Andake so special compared to all other possibilities out there? 
all other universes that exist? Uh, I don't know. The stars? The answer, Oka, honestly, is nothing really in particular. We have our gods, we have our stars, we have our heroes, and our mythic pasts, and our glorious futures. But I think that there are other universes out there too, or at least I would hope so, who have all these things as well, and magic, and love, and life, but that's what's beautiful about it. And Halo turns and looks at you. What are you getting at? And Take is a realm brimming with life, and magic, and creation, and that is everything the stranger is not. Where there is life, Oka, there is also death. That is the Raven Queen's domain, yes? Uh, priestesses of the Raven Queen often describe life and death as two sides of the same coin. The stranger is not another face on that coin. It is the empty space around it. It is entropy. We are the gardeners, and it is the winnower. It is here to take. And Oka kind of looks askance with the word take, and they think about what Joran told them, which is what Rev just told V. We're gonna figure it out, Halo, but first, first this, okay? First this. Okay, yes. First this, and no more crashing into my room, Oka. It, it, it sets a bad... The servants will talk. <laughs> so what? Uh, and Oka reaches out and tucks like a little piece of hair that had fallen down like back behind where it should go. It fits. You should go. Your friends are getting worried. Yeah, I should go. I just needed to tell you that I was alive. Okay? Thank you. I know this is your own way of being considerate, Oka, so I appreciate it on your terms. Now, please leave. Uh, I have <clears throat> many things to attend to today. Uh, uh, good seeing you. Yeah, okay, bye. Uh, and Oka, like, walks backward to the window and tips out. Oh my god, you're such a fuckboy. Yeah, you sort of, like, you tip out of the window with, like, your arms behind your head and you just fall. You know, I'm sticking your nose, like, your, not your nose out, your, your tongue out and see like a flurry of like white feathers as you take off into the air again and we're gonna cut i think back to the guest courtyards we're after a horrible nightmare uh manaya dewey v and rev i think are eating breakfast together maybe like in like the little like sheltered patio area of like the guest courtyard it's kind of warm i think for late autumn early winter so you're maybe like appreciating the last time where you can like eat sort of by the outdoors, right? And as you're sort of like, you know, chopsticks in your hands, reaching for pieces of fish and vegetables, right? And like more congee to ladle into your bowls. Uh, all of you feel the earth tremble and shake as Oka, boof, crash lands. Hi, hey, hi. Oh, sorry. I always, I know that I keep busting in here really out of breath and I'm trying to say something. Hi. Can I have a bowl? Manai picks up a bowl, uh, like the spare bowl that was already prepared, and, and brings it over. Good to see you, Oka. Heard you had a spot of trouble. Glad you've been healed since then. Wait, how do you know that? Rev? Uh, remember when your friend beseeched the Raven Queen for help? 
guess where the Raven Queen is all the time. And you didn't think that maybe I needed a little bit of help, Rev? At that point, the hounds had gotten it under control. And I figured you might enjoy some privacy with your friends, uh, especially that dragonborn? What was his name again, Jaron? Uh, we still do need to talk about how you know each other. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, and Oka kind of looks around at the breakfast table. And then they look around the courtyard. Is it relatively private out here? Definitely. And they kneel at the table and lean in kind of conspiratorially. We're not safe anymore. Rev, can we have that shield again? I'm not taking any risks. Yeah. Rev throws out a hand and Grim appears again, sort of like apparating out of reality and sort of maybe like at the top of it bunks Dewey in the head a little bit. She swirls Grim through the air. What was that? I can't hear you. Uh, A dome of pitch black feathers like settles around your group and muffles your voices. There, now we're safer. What is it, Oka? Safer is a complicated word. The assassin found me last night. And they tried to kill me. And it almost worked. And they... They tore out a piece of my soul. How did they do that? With a chisel. I mean, it shouldn't be possible. But with a chisel. And they called themselves... The Paragon Killer. They're empty-touched. The same way that, um... That chrysalis guy was, V. And and Dr. Tsing, the same way. A little empty on the inside. Uh, my friends, uh, the hounds, I think I've, I've talked about them before. Maybe uh, they were in the Silent Grove. They saved me. I thought they were a Talmadi group. Yeah, the, yeah, long story. Did you get a look at this person's face? If we know who the, the traitor is and the spy is and now the assassin- Wait, you know who the traitor is? Fifth consort, Mu Piao. Mu Piao? Yeah. V, Dewey, and Manaya were able to confirm this. That makes no fucking sense at all. None of this does. Part of your soul has been taken out of your body? That shouldn't- you're right, that shouldn't be possible. Why would they go after you? Not the emperor? Like, how many assassins are we- How many assassinations are we talking about? That's the thing. Whatever kind of secrecy that we've had here, I don't think it matters anymore. If they know, they called themselves the Paragon Killer, Dewey, if they know that there are not just one Paragon sitting here, but six Paragons sitting like ducks. We're not ducks. The only avian we have here is Dewey. We're fine. You were attacked when you were alone. And Rev talks over you. (laughs) Rev talks over you. You were attacked when you were alone in the Silent Grove. Yes, if we stay together, we have strength in numbers. I know. I know, but we're not... Whatever safety we thought we had is a no-go. And the soul thing is really fucking scaring me, to to be totally honest. They, they, They still have it. I don't have it anymore. They took it. Well, knowing what they, you can do with just a little bit of blood, it's what can they do to you with a little bit of your soul? It shouldn't be possible, V. You can't remove souls. You can't break them. 
And Oka's eyes land on Dewey. Can you? No, what would they be doing? What would they be doing with a soul fragment? Can I roll perception on Dewey? Yes, yes. Anyone who is struck by this, V, you can roll insight. Damn I don't it. think it's a perception check. If you would like to, Manaya, you can as well, but you don't have to. Manaya trusts Dewey. Thanks. No one else does. Uh, Rev will also roll. Uh, you can roll deception, Dewey. Great. That's an eight. Anyone beat an eight? 16? I got a 16. Hey, 16! Yeah! Let's go! Let's go! Be perceived, Dewey. Be perceived. 23 from Rev. So, Dewey, what do your f- other paragons see when they look at you? I think just this look of, like, immense guilt. Although, like, you know that, like, obviously Dewey's not the paragon killer. But he looks as if you've just called him out for being the Paragon Killer. Dewey, do I need to detect your thoughts, or are you just going to tell us what's going on? No, no, no. There's nothing going on. <laughs> no, Dewey, there's... What was up with that book? The Tsulungan Library is full of interesting reads, but to break a soul is a little spot on, don't you think? Yeah, we're dealing with god shards. You're not the only one with a god shard at risk here. Then why do you look so guilty, Cardu? You think I'm out for Oka's soul? No, but I do think that your ethics, as far as your research is concerned, can be muddled. What ethics are there except for saving lives? Dewey, do you know how bad it hurt? Do you know how bad it hurt? How it still fucking hurts? Why are you looking at me? I'm not the one. What have I done? I've read. I so so I read a book. You know how many books I read? There's a stack of 60 books in there. You can barely keep past the door in our room. If my trust in you is misplaced, Dewey, then speak that truth. But if it is not, I will never forgive you. Do you understand? We have to work together. This is, there's too much at stake. And we haven't even finished discussing all the things that I think anyone here who's a paragon should probably know about what you're really getting yourself into. Wait, how do you know about that too? Uh, so clearly Oka knows. I'm surprised Oka didn't tell the rest of you earlier. I didn't know until last night. They got, the hounds got some kind of a prophecy from the court. Did you know? I, like I told V last night, I thought it was obvious. It's pretty fucking obvious we're going to die in hindsight now. Yeah. Manaya, Dewey, the Paragons, us, Oka's mother, father, Paragon of Udabathi, wherever she is. Paragon of Neatbuza, wherever they are, are supposed to die. That's how we save Endake. We sacrifice ourselves and the god shards inside of us. That gives us enough strength to take down the stranger and save Endake once and for all. It's the only way. What? We... What? We knew the what. Saving Endake, the destiny of the Paragons. Now we know the how. This is the how. Of course it would be. No. No, it, it can't be. Why would the gods consign us to this? No. No, 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 no. No, Manaya, like, stands up abruptly. Manaya. No, 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 no. I have stood idly by while I watched the three of you disrespect the gods, call them liars, blame them for the consequences of... What are, frankly, your own actions. But... 
saying that they would willingly kill their own people. No, I will not stand for this. Everyone says the gods have their goods and their bads, but no, the gods are benevolent beings. They care for their people. And you cannot blame them for being the ones to strike you down when, when you do something wrong. Should bad things happen, but every storm, the, the harshest storms always beget a rainbow. The wildest floods cleanse away old sins. The, the Uhanahi was built on destruction. The volcanoes from beneath the sea erupted, displacing so much water, displacing so much underwater life. And what did it bring in the end? It brought new life. When volcanoes erupt, they bring new fertile soil from below the earth. The gods, what is it we always say, and Manaya uh, gestures at Oko, about Yudabathi, destruction, which is always followed by creation and protection. The gods, they reward us for ingenuity, and Manaya uh, gestures at V. I, they embrace us in our freedom and our change. They tie us together. They empower us to do the great things that we were not born to be able to do. They would, why would they? And Manaya whirls on Rev. And you're okay with this? Paragon of the goddess of birth and death, you're okay with needless death? With, that we would, for no reason? I, Manaya's hyperventilating and she says, I, no, 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 no. And Manaya starts to storm out of the room, leaving her axe behind. I think Oka had also stood up when Manaya stood up. Uh, and this really dark expression had come over their face, kind of at the accusations. And then it kind of like solidified as she continued. And they paused there for a long time, kind of like clenching and unclenching their hands. They look down at the rest of the table. I'll be right back. And they walk after Manaya. Yeah, um, I'll be back too. Uh, no, no, you stay. Are you sure, Oka? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. And Rev settles back down, says, at least she left her axe here. Be careful, Oka. I know this is a lot to take in, but we're on the same page about this, right? About how it how it needs to happen. Uh, and I think Oge had already kind of like walked a little bit, and they pause and they turn around. Yeah. It's been clear to me how the gods feel about us f for a long time. And they turn and keep walking. Okay, it's not personal. Uh... <sighs> and Rev like stops as you are out of earshot. And I think we follow you, Oka out into the courtyard to find Manaya. Where has she gone to? Manaya has... You can't see her, but you can hear her footsteps. She is storming towards the exit of the palace, back out into Dokao. Oka walks after her, kind of uh, silly because they have to do double time to keep up with her anyway. Um, but they walk after and eventually, I think, like come up on her and they're like striding in pace with her. Where are we going then? What are you doing? What are you doing? I, I just needed some air. Then let's get some air. Come on. Why are you here? Don't you hate the gods? 
Haven't they done all the wrongs to you in the world? Manaya, I love the gods. And Oka has paused. And I'm just kind of shouting in this little courtyard. I have always loved them. As deeply as you do. When you talk about my past sins. To what? Be born. To love them in the wrong way. It doesn't matter how we love them, Manaya. They don't love us the same way. They are gods and we are mortals. We live for them. We die for them. I told you once, I will tell you again. Pain is its own kind of blessing. A violent, vicious one, but one that teaches you something far more clearly than kind words ever could. I'm sorry, Manaya. I don't like this. I wish it wasn't true. You can walk. You can run away if you want. But if you do, it's not just the eight of us who die. It's everyone. It's the waves. It's the volcano. It's the island. It's Dr. Eluso. It's everyone. We don't deserve this. It's not fair. It's just not. And it won't ever be fair. You live. You die. Sometimes you live again. So you can die again. The way you're supposed to. I think Manaya is standing facing away from you. Shoulders up, head down. Hands clenching and unclenching just like you do. And her body starts shaking as quiet sobs escape her. We don't deserve this. We never did and we never will. And I, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not kind enough. I, I have loved the gods with everything I am since any time I could remember. Mum told me stories of her travels and how each god, no matter what bad they did, it always ended in, in good. And now she's gone, and she shouldn't be. Who am I to be a paragon when I have to live with the permanent reminder that somebody thought my life more valuable than their own? A life cannot be valued, Oka. Everyone is sacred. Everyone is worth hoping in, believing in. Everyone can do good. Why us over others? Why not? Why not Dr. Eluso? Why not Halo? Why not? Why not Mom? It seemed easy enough to believe in it was just us, right? That's what you said. Sinners, our own mistakes, that we're broken. It doesn't matter. There is no god of fate, Manaya. None of the eight hold that domain. And sometimes I think that not even they can fight it. I don't know why. And I don't think I ever will. But I can promise you one thing, that before we go, we will fight for that better future. We will fight for the island to grow. 
we will fight for the rainbow after the storm. And I'm going to teach you how to fucking fish. I promise. Manaya takes a deep, shaky breath, lifts her head, and turns around. And Oka, I think, has been standing there maybe the whole time with, like, their hand out for Manaya to take. Manaya takes their hand, and for a moment it's just a handshake. And as we lock eyes, uh, you see the tears have stopped, the trembling has stopped, and a determination has come over Manaya's face, not unlike the cold, hard determination that she tried to adopt in Nabal, but this is, this isn't anger. This isn't do anything to achieve our goal. This is a, I don't know what we're doing. Well, she says this out loud. I don't know where we're going, what we're gonna do. <laughs> but Andake be damned if we won't try our best, eh? That a girl, I knew you'd come around. And Manaya yanks Oka into a big hug. Ugh. And they, you know, they hug, but they accept the hug. And as they're hugging, Mana uh, Oka kind of like whispers, I think just like into Manaya's body, you know, it doesn't have to be okay. Okay, but fuck it if we're not gonna fight. Manaya pulls back and she says, do we, well, you can trust him. He knows everything I know and much more. I'll be back by lunch. Manaya turns to walk away. Lunch, okay. And Uko watches Manaya go and then eventually comes back, uh, turns around and walks back. Okay, you turn around and walk back, and we're going to sort of like slide across the courtyard back into the guest room, where after Oka and Manaya stormed out, I think a silence sort of settled over like the breakfast chamber, and Rev keeps her one gold eye and her one black eye pinned on you, Dewey. Dewey, how are you reacting to this news? I think Dewey can feel Rev's eyes on him and V's eyes. Uh, trying to suss out how he reacts to this news, but he's got his eyes fixed down, like on his plate. And after a long silence, you just hear him say, "So there's no after. There's an after, capital A after, but there's no." Not for us, you know. They say that love is planting a seed before you can ever see it turn into a tree. That's what we're doing with our deaths, I suppose. Because I know I deserve it. I just. I just want, <laughs> I just wanted an after. I wanted that selfish time to be able to enjoy the fruits of my labor, but this is what I get. This is what I get for fucking up and now I have to undo all of it. <laughs> I wouldn't think too hard about why we were chosen and not other people. There's no God of fate. Sometimes shit just shakes out this way. I see it as a blessing. What would I do without being a paragon, hmm? Reborn as a revenant? Spend the rest of my undeath chasing a dog-headed demon before killing him and what? Finally being put to rest? At least this way my death will make a difference. 
Is that not the greatest gift we could have asked for from our gods? I didn't want my death to have to make a difference. I just wanted to live the rest of my life with my family, my kid, and not have to spend the rest of my life paying for what I... And he trails off. And do you have that now? Would you have had that even if you weren't a paragon? Or would you still be on the run from the myriad, with a bomb strapped to your wrist? At least this way you'll get a little bit of power, to at least maybe see your wife and kid again before you die. That's not... My power doesn't come from the gods. My power is doing what I can about what I have now. So all of you gotta stop questioning me. I'm trying to take my future into my own hands, trying to make a difference here, and I wish you would just all let me do my thing and stop question. I don't have ill intents. I am not trying to sabotage us, but I have a plan. Would you like to share your plan with us, Cardu? Let me work on it first. I don't know if it's even going to come to fruition. I don't know if I can do it. I will bring it to you once it's viable. I promise. Fine. Fine. But if this plan of yours, Dewey, backfires in any way, shape, or form, I'm punching you in the face. And I have a mean right hook. I almost get punched by you every single day. Could we please for a moment pretend like we don't hate each other? Like, I don't know what's going on between you I, two. I don't hate Cardu V. I just don't respect him as a person. Whoa, come on. Okay, wait, Truce. Everybody, time, time. Let's, Card, no, no, let, maybe, let me talk to, to Cardu. Dewey, you and I are a lot more similar. Then Manaya and Oka, they believe in gods, they do these things. I've gone my whole life not caring about gods, whether they're real or not. I've thought they don't exist. I've too have always wanted to get by by my own hand. Yet I, I found myself with my heart ripped out by one of the gods that now rests inside of me. So apparently we're dealing with gods. And apparently, we're going to die. So, why don't we just work together, friend? If anybody in all of Andaka you can trust, I... It's your friend. Continue the sentence. The knocks yourself. Hey! Look, we're here to help you. You don't have to make this some big secret. I could... Jump into your brain right now with uh, some magic and just I'd see like what to see you try. That sounds like a challenge. Do I? I okay, I cast detect thoughts. <laughs> okay, you cast detect thoughts, and Dewey, what happens when? Yeah, when V tries to extend the weave into your mind, you get about half an inch. Like you see yourself going half an inch into Dewey's head, and then you just hit like a steel wall. Ooh, how delightful! And you feel like you just maybe like ran into like a pane of glass while you were going full speed and you're like, oh. You and your little toys, Dewey. What's that like? He like holds up his hand and there's like a shiny ring on it. <laughs> is it on your ring finger? It is. What? What is, is that? The rock's pretty big. What is that, an engagement ring? What else are you hiding from us, Cardu? Nothing. This was just, uh, I repurposed some old jewelry that was bouncing around in my bag and he like old waves jewel his hand over re Wait, is that <laughs> He waves his hand over the... And it disappears. Rev is looking at you weird. Are you trying to hide the fact that it was your wedding ring, Dewey? Or, or are you are I you guess. letting it? 
You're trying to hide? Okay, so roll deception against God Rev's insight. You know how many deception Rev is I've very had wise, today? just so you know. I got a 16. Uh, she got a 19. <laughs> so it's just, it's just slightly enough. She looks at, peers at you oddly and says, huh, okay. And you get the sense that her respect for you somehow drops below zero. <laughs> In that moment, she realizes you repurpose your wedding ring to become a mind shield artifact and maybe it's at that point that oka strides back in okay yeah no i'm yeah mana is taking a walk i think i did pretty good well we tried to crack an egg called dewey quirk and got nowhere with it so yeah you can't really eat pigeon eggs the soy here why do we always have to do this over breakfast you know, it picks up his bowl and walks off Maybe if we were acting from a place of mutual respect, we didn't have to talk like this, do we? I have respect for y'all. I don't know why no one has any respect for me, but go off, I guess. I'm gonna go bust my dishes. Do I have to go give him a pep talk too? No, he's fine. He's just being a man. We're gonna cut to the Silver Standard Academy. Uh, where we see, like, a classroom full of students, maybe 30 or 40, taking a mock test, right? It's silent, and we see pacing up and down sort of like the corridors, the aisles between the desks, is a tiny, teeny little elven woman, Miss Jada Gao, uh, who's just sort of, like, leaning over and making very scary noises, like, mm, are you sure, dearie? I don't think so. Or, very good, good job. Or, Hmm, that's based on a false premise, don't you think? And like, it's like continues to like pace down the aisles and give cutting feedback uh, to each of her students. And maybe that's when we hear a knock at the door. Or rather, Manaya, how are you trying to enter the Silver Standard Academy? Manaya's standing next to the, the, the door and maybe there's like a little window or something. And she knocks once and makes herself seen in the window. Um, but otherwise, uh, stands. Yeah, you rap on the window and you sort of see your grandmother sort of look up, uh, from like peering over like someone's test paper and she, oh, locks eyes with you, smiles and says something you can't hear through the window to the class, uh, as she leaves. But you see she has like an assistant or something who like steps up and starts like pacing the aisles in her, in her stead. And in a few moments she comes out of the front doors, right? Maybe there's like several chickens pecking at your feet, you know, by the time. <laughs> By the time she comes out, she sort of like hobbles I mean, I up to you. I wouldn't want to bring her all the way out to outside if we could just sit in the hallway. Oh, she's she's fine. She's fine having okay. you outside. Okay. It's it's nice. Okay. Like I said, it's kind of warm for late autumn, so it's nice to be outside, right? Uh, she she hobbles outside and says, oh, "Manaya, Manaya, it's good to see you. I'm in the middle of administering a mock exam for my students, but uh, is something wrong? What's the matter?" Right, of course. Uh, a thousand apologies for interrupting. I'm sure. Uh, from what I've seen, your students are doing very well, but... Oh, uh, they try their best, but my standards are, well, Silver Standard Academy. I don't want to dump any more on you in any less time than, uh, than I did the last time, but our project... I mean, I was, like, very obviously lying again. Our project is nearing uh, fruition... And we may be leaving soon. Oh. And we have places to go rather quickly. I don't know when we're going to be leaving exactly, but I figured I should get this goodbye in while I still can. Oh, my. Uh, 
Well, certainly. Where are you headed next? A mailing address? Right. And Manaya puts down Dr. Uluso's address. The chasm? <laughs> like her brow wrinkles. She's like, I wasn't aware anyone lived up there. We travel a lot and we needed a more neutral home base. Well, the Andake Postal Service certainly know how to find people. Uh, all right. She tucks the address like in her back pocket and looks up at you and says, Well, you'll be back, no? After your other mission and to come and stay with with me? With your Lala? Manaya's face darkens at every word. I'm afraid our travels are destined to get more and more dangerous as we go. I don't think I'm coming back. I'm sorry, Nai Nai. Manaya, uh, I want you to have this. Uh, and she reaches into her shirt and pulls out the amulet that she has around her neck. I think you saw the last time you met her. And it's like a old, like, copper bronze amulet that's, like, clearly very well worn on the outside. Uh, one second. She opens it up, the locket, and she takes out the leaf that you had handed her earlier, and she tucks it away, like, into her breast pocket, then closes the amulet and hands it to you. Something, um, something to remember your grandma by. Here. She kneels down, and she says, it's you. Thank you, Nai Nai. <laughs> You've been working on your two. A little bit here and there. One last thing. And for the first time in a while, Manaya reaches down into her soul. Deep, deep, deeper still. Deeper than she thought she needed to go, actually. And she says to the princess, Is there anything you'd like to say to your patron's mother? I know we're not on the best terms, but I think you owe her this much. There's a pause. And then for the first time in like a while at this point... You feel the princess stir within you, right? And like around yourself and your grandmother, like a little bit of breeze begins to kick up and you see like leaves sort of swirl around you. And your grandma goes, oh, oh my, what, what? As like the weave starts to tighten. And then the princess's voice sort of flows out of you. And you get the sense that only you and your grandma can hear this. Uh, as the princess says, Grandma Gao, I, I'm, so sorry about Nali. I I loved her and I just want you to know that in the end she she really loved you too. And then like the leaves sort of like swirl down and sort of like the breeze dies down. And you sort of see your grandmother's eyes blink as she's like looking around startled and then she blinks again and there are tears welling in her eyes and she goes oh my, was that could that have been Manaya, was that the princess? Please, yes. Part of our adventure will hopefully bring us to her mother, Queen of Seasons. Oh my, emissaries and talk of emperors and oof, biographies, I... Well, keep this pendant as a reminder, and princess, if you can hear me, I'm sorry, Manai, I'm not really sure how these things work. Um, thank you. Thank you for keeping my daughter safe. I, I know you did your best. And thank you for keeping my granddaughter safe. 
I love you both very dearly. <sighs> okay then. All right. Suppose you have a class to get back to. Uh, uh, yes, yes, I do. Um, I will make sure to send Miss Hoofs to the chasm uh, and stay safe, Manaya. And if and when the dangerous missions end, you know where to find me, okay? I'll have a hot bowl of rice and fish waiting for you. Thank you, Nai Nai. Children shouldn't thank their grandmothers. Well, go on, go on. <clears throat> Passed on my uh, best wishes, best of luck to your students. I'm sure they'll do well. Mm. They shouldn't have to need luck. Saw one <laughs> of them trying to sneak a lucky jade pendant in. By the way, one last thing. Do you know one uh, Liang Ya Hien? Why, yes, I do. Why do you ask? Oh, we met her in the palace. I wasn't sure if you tutored her or not. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I am aware of Princess Hien Liangya. Uh, she is a prodigy by all measures of the word. I would be flabbergasted if she didn't rank first in exams this year. Like, you're making such friends in high places, Manaya. <laughs> well, you're the latest in a long line, I suppose. <sighs> Best of luck to you and your students. I'm sure they do well. We... Manaya touches the pendant that's around her neck now. Thank you. Manaya walks off. Goodbye, Manaya. Goodbye. Farewell. And Manaya, you turn your back on your grandmother, and you leave the courtyard of the Silver Standard Academy for what you hope isn't the last time, but for what you think is. And when you return to the guest quarters, I think, Oka, Dewey, V, and Rev have cleaned up breakfast and are waiting for you. I think Oka is uh, ha like hashing out a bit of a plan. They're like pieces of parchment like flying around. And they're like, seriously, the fifth spouse, the olives, that clear. I mean, you that should have seen it. Nobody yes. brings a gallon jar of olives as a snack it was a crime the jar was bigger than my head yeah Manaya was there it was bad right it's got to be them Manaya walks into the doorway it was i'm a fan of olives it was disgusting and i think that like maybe Manaya just gets folded right into the conversation as oka plows ahead and what exactly did the second wife say exactly Exactly. Uh, well, she said a lot of things, and we both said a lot of things, but uh, she said probably she could think of two spouses that were of note because they were sort of black sheeps, and one of them was the fifth wife. Then, you know, with the, the all of evidence, it seems connected. Well, there's no point to talk about the other wife. That's the Who is the other one? The fourth wife. Oka stalls. I think they had been like pacing back and forth. They stall. They turn. Isn't that your... Don't you dare say the word, Dewey. I wasn't going to say anything. Fifth spouse, then. Fine. Uh, and I would like... Can I make like a hist... Uh, my own a personal history check to learn anything that I might know about the fifth spouse? Yeah, roll history. Any odd childhood memories, anything like that. 
25. You would know that the fifth spouse... The fifth spouse is the other kind of odd duck in the Imperial line, other than your brother Arden, who is a commoner. They weren't a commoner, um, but they weren't noble either. They were sort of folded into the palace through marriage um, because their direct mother is sort of the matriarch of Mu Enterprises, which is a very wealthy mercantile company that basically like does a ton of trade on the, on the um, almost said the Silk Road, uh, on the Heavenly Road. And you would know with your 25 that her mother, Consort Mu Piao's mother, was Lady Mu Shuo. She has long since passed away, but she was, she was sort of like married in to the royal line uh, in Je- during Jemperor, sorry, Jemperor, during the, the Jean Emperor. No, during Emperor Ju's uh, rule. Uh, and that Emperor, one of Emperor Ju's husband, husbands was uh, Viscount Gar Huo, who is Piao's uncle. So uh, Mu Shuo's brother married in. Do I get any like odd childhood memories? Because Ren and Liangya are about the same age. Yeah, Ren and Liangya have always been close. I guess Ren's been closer to Liangya than Liangya has been to, to Ren. But sort of like takes after him almost as like an older sister, even though they're about the same age. Um, he sort of always glommed on to Liangya. I don't know if you've ever really paid too much attention to him, but you have noticed when his parent has been around, Consort Mu Piao, uh, the fire genasi. And they've always been, like, they clearly love Ren a lot. Um, and they're always very busy with, like, running the mercantile company uh, to such an extent that they never really, they don't really get the chance to show up to social soirees. They're usually the person left out. You also remember that they were one of the few other spouses who didn't show up to Yaya's sword demonstration, right? Probably because they were so busy. Um, and because they're so busy with running the company, they don't have a lot of time to climb socially in the ranks, right? And you get the sense that, like, they're not very remarkable other than the fact that they're rich, you know? Um, and that if things keep going as they're supposed to go, they'll probably just sort of like live in kind of like comfortable mediocrity and die in comfortable mediocrity. Huh. Oka paces around in a tight little circle, I think. Uh, I think they just uh, like the pacing has gotten smaller to the point where they're just kind of like spinning around. Uh, fine, fine, fine. And uh, Ren, do you think Ren knows? No. How sure are you? His mumblings were unclear, but I did not hear anything about anything suspicious. A lot of self-loathing, though. I feel bad for him. Uh, yeah, we're, we're all kind of fucked up in the family. Feels like it might be hard for that kid to keep a secret with the way that he was just rambling on to us. So I doubt he's involved. Good, we can use him as leverage then. Whoa, 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 we are not using a child- He's 19, Manaya. He's older than you are. Hey, that's in human years. All years are years, Manaya. I would feel bad about using him as leverage against his parent. I wouldn't. Hey, hey, hey. Who says we have to... We're not going to be threatening his life. That's not how we do things. We could just sort of, uh... Okay, what did you have in mind? I'm not talking about... <laughs> well, the thing is, Manaya, if we just go to the Emperor with this accusation, then Rent dies. This is death down the vein. But... <laughs> for this level of treason... Of course it is. We could maybe bargain for Ren's life in the other way. What if we could convince Mu Piao to be our spy? Hmm? Promising that we would take care of Ren. What, that we would take him on our travels? Certainly not, but that he wouldn't be executed. I have a feeling that this person 
if they are stupidly ambitious enough to conspire against their own spouse, the emperor of too long, they might need a bigger uh, bribe than just we won't kill your kid. What bigger bribe than we won't kill your kid? We have to know what, what makes them tick, why they're betraying the emperor in the first place. And then let's see if we can outbid the assassin. With uh, how many bags Viaz had her waist, I'm sure we could outbid almost anyone on Andake. I don't know if they're motivated by gold, if they're so rich. If I've learned one thing about this area, you all like to deal in memories and dreams. I'm not interested. <sighs> and Oka goes back to t- pacing in this tight little circle. Uh, you know, and they look like, like almost like they're grabbing for where Dream Hunter like used to be, and then they kind of put their hand down, like they want to. They look like they want to slash. They they look like they want to hack something into pieces. Either way, we don't know what we're up against until we talk to them. Oka, what's our best path forward? Uh, well, if we don't know what the leverage is, then we can't use it. We can't talk to them unless we're ready. What? You've never had to make up lies on the spot. That's what I'm good at. And with V on this, we don't have time to waste. How well will in- would intimidation work? You got two rather muscly folk and. The rest of us have power that surpasses what we look like. I'll try to get Skald and Nectus to give a little light show and say that uh, I could take away their memory right now. They'll never, they'll just be confined to never remembering anything. And my superpower, aside from being extremely good bait, I can appeal to them as a parent and no one will suspect a thing. They certainly won't. Yeah, because no one's ever suspected you of anything today, do we? Look, this person's got much bigger things to worry about than whatever some biographer, quote-unquote, is doing in the castle. Okay, then Dewey is the one that will bait them to a part of the library, assuming that's where they hang out amongst the olives, and we'll, what, confront them there? We'll try to appeal to them first through Dewey, and if that falls through, got muscle and power. That's true. Good. Let's go to the porn section. And we cut to... <laughs> we cut to the Royal Library later that night. Uh, because you know that they won't get there until the evening. They always have evening study sessions with Liang Ya and their son. We cut to, I think, like, as, like heisty music plays. Uh, Dewey striding through, like, the front doors of the Royal Library. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Lara. <laughs> Uh, approaching like a study circle. You see Liang Ya sat there with books. You see Ren sort of looking, copying Liang Ya's notes. And you see the fifth spouse, consort Mu Piao, this fire Ganassi person with long flaming red hair, uh, eating olives and very like, like matronly worrying over Ren. What do you do? So Dewey's going to sort of um, linger around just like, like pulling books off the shelves and like putting them back and sort of like slowly drifting towards the study circle, uh, trying to get uh, Mupiao to notice him. Mm, make a charisma check, charisma performance. Why would you make these are all four roles I've done are charisma based. Uh, I did get an 18 though. Okay. Yeah. Eventually you sort of like feel consort Mu's eyes on like your feathers and you remember that suspicious glare they gave you uh yesterday and then you hear a voice behind you go dewey was it oh hello uh yes hi there it's 
good to see you again. Um, can, can I help you with finding any books? What what exactly are you looking for? And you get the sense that they're trying to suss you out. You know, like what kind of books are you trying to check out here? Uh, and Dewey quickly jumps to a sort of like, oh yes, uh, I was actually like, <laughs> um, there's this here. Come with me. Uh, I think it's over in this area. Um, but I, you know, I don't. This is my first time or my second or third time in the library uh, and he's sort of just like rambling on and on as he uh-huh. walks uh ren your renny will be back in in just a few minutes um keep co- copying what liang is doing okay all right uh mm, okay oh yes this it's so, section gosh the it's library. so important uh to teach your kids well i'm you know i'm a father and oh we just want the best for our kids you know how that is uh, are you now? And their gaze falls to your feathered fingers to search for a wedding ring? Are you letting yours, like, display, or are you hiding it? Yeah, it's visible. Oh! I didn't notice that ring last time we spoke. Um, how how old is, is, is yours? Oh, she's, uh, what, like, seven now? How confident are you that she's seven years old? He knows how old his kid is. He's just, like, fake. He's... He knows how old this kid is. But okay. he's just like, it's a long walk to the mm-hmm, erotica oh. section. Seven. That's such a fun age. I remember when uh, when my, my Ren was seven years old. Always spilling things over. So energetic. Oh, yes. I remember. Oh. It's fun to kind of see what sort of, uh, what sort of things that you're interested in that they pick up on. And it looks like uh-huh. Ren has taken to studying. I mean, it's uh, so important yes. that... Uh... It is important that any child grows up with a good education and academic standards. Where is your child? Are they here with you on your trip? Oh, no, they live with her mother. Uh, you know, traveling for work, that sort of thing. Oh, my. And where does her mother live? Somewhere in Dokao? No, this was sort of a long-distance trip for me. Oh, then Talmad? Jukai? Kir- Kirtal? Yeah, uh, for now, yeah. Kirtal? Roll deception. Uh, Twelve. Uh huh. Well, oh my! I mean, now that the dream uh, shield has come up, it must be awfully hard to write missives back and forth. You know, it is. It's uh, we don't have much communication between um, visits, and you know, it's. I just worry that I'm. Uh, and I think as we're approaching where I know that my friends are hiding out, he's like, it's. I'm just so worried about setting the right example for my kids. And they turn the corner. <laughs> Into the erotica section. Uh, concert Moo pauses and says, right, the right example. Cardu, are you uh, quite sure that this is the right section you're trying to look for a, a book in? It's just past the section. It's through the... And he just like walks confidently into the aisle, waiting for Moo to follow him. Moo does follow. Like Rev steps in behind, behind them, and Dewey turns around. Uh, and I think Oka is like leaning against one of the shelves too, kind of like, you know, like just lean back, very chill. Hey, Consort Moo, we haven't talked much since I've been back. Pleasure to see you. And I think uh, V also dimension doors on the other sort of like side. Of, uh, and it's stolen the olives and is like eating the olives. What about Manaya? What's Manaya's badass entrance? 
Manaya steps out of the shadows, uh, having cast uh, Armor of Nibusa, so that these uh, this like icy fog is rolling off of her, as you would put it for Rev, I suppose, rippling, muscly biceps, axe strapped across her back. Oh. Uh, and Consort Moose sort of looks around, sees Rev, who sort of like cracks her neck, you know, behind her. Like Oka just sort of like lazily leaned there. V who's poofed out of fucking nowhere, eating their olives. And Manaya with this like fog rolling off her like muscles with her like axe strapped to her back. And all of you sort of see this like trigonometry sort of cross over Piao's face as they like take each of your very threatening visages in stride. And their eyes sort of fall. Did I not introduce you to my colleagues? Oh my god. (laughs) Take inspiration for that, Dewey. Dewey's like second badass moment of the entire campaign. (laughs) So few and far between. The other one was when you intimidated Siebert. Um, Yeah. Mu Piao's eyes finally land on Oka. And all of you sort of see, like, the, their flaming red hair has sort of, like, simmered down, you know, like uh, like a stove being turned down to, like, a low setting. And, like, the, the flames have sort of receded uh, and are sort of, like, slowly rolling off of her back. And they go, Prince Tian, uh, to what do I owe the pleasure? Drop the shit. If you're interested in keeping Ren alive, you traitorous bitch. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, roll intimidation. Subtlety. Can they have some sort of bonus or advantage since we are all there being intimidating? Okay, you can roll with advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 19. <sighs> Mu Piao's face, which was sort of like affecting this kind of like anxious like wide-eyed nervousness like they were also like sort of wringing their fingers in front of their chest when you when you call them a traitorous bitch their eyes finally settle completely on you oka and like they had this sort of nervous smile on that just sort of completely falls away and they look at you with this new expression i don't think you've ever seen on their face before through your entire childhood like just this like cold flat calculating expression are you going to kill me no i think that would be too easy don't you torture then also no (laughs) there are a lot of rumors about me but i am actually a little bit less cold-hearted than you are i think but don't worry i still don't play nice what do you want well we need some information from you obviously Since you didn't deny it, it is clear to us now that you are, in fact, the traitor, and you're interested in killing the Emperor. Why? Do you know what the benefit is of always being ignored? It's that you observe. You see people and how they act for how they truly are when they think no one's watching, because to them, You're no one. No one at all. They say there are two black sheep of the Emperor's lovers. One of them is Arden, and the other is Piao. We are not equal, Makoya. We never have been 
I see the way your mother-father looks at your mother. It is not the same way that they look at me. They love Arden. Truly. Deeply. I think perhaps even in a way that they don't really love Queen Moa. But me... Our marriage was a political arrangement. There's no love there. Nothing truly. They don't hate me, no. They don't love me. It's something much worse than hatred, I think. It is apathy. So imagine this. You're me. As a child. The middle child, growing up. Mother too busy to look at you, carrying out her business. Your uncle, off gallivanting with some emperor who doesn't give a damn about his people. And when you finally, finally get the chance to actually make a difference, when you marry in to the empirical line for the first time in your life, and you discover that this is it. A life of olives, test-taking, rearing a child who has even fewer ambitions than you ever did. I know I should be grateful. I didn't grow up poor. I didn't grow up wanting. I had a comfortable childhood. Just like you, Makoya. But there was always something missing. That feeling of being special. Power. And their eyes linger on each of your different, like, magical paragon powers roiling off of your bodies, right? You see, the gods are not fair. They don't bless all of us with equal talent and destiny. Why is that? Why am I the villain here? I'm just trying to make the best of my situation. What a fucking sob story. I'm so sad. You could have taken other lovers, Piao. God knows the other spouses do. <laughs> Wang Shenshidi is known for taking many lovers. Hmm. But you chose this. Somehow I would have thought that you, even of all others in the fucking palace, would have known. Do you know what happens, Piao, if the emperor dies? Do you know? I don't think you do. <laughs> Otherwise you wouldn't be such a fool. Are you going to toy with me all night, or are you going to spit it out and say it? Your power is nothing. If my mother-father dies, your vie to feel something is nothing. Because Andake will be nothing without her. <laughs> you would destroy the whole world. Because you're mad that somebody didn't love you enough. Takes one to know one, prodigal prince. Ooh, if that Oka's face sours. Uh, and I think a little crack whip of lightning just comes uh, right off their body and just kind of snaps, like, you know, crackles above their head. You see a flash of fear uh, sort of royal in Consort Moo's eyes before, like, she schools it down. I don't know what you're talking about, about Ndake. Then let's bring it to you. Do you love your son? What kind of a question is that? Of course I love my son. Do you hope for your son? 
Everything I do, every treason I commit is for my son. That wasn't my question. Do you have hope for a brighter future for him? I don't just have hope. I have the answer in my hands right now. You know, I looked into it. You got one question wrong on the Imperial exams, didn't you? This would make your second wrong answer. Piao. Just spit it out. I don't understand what you're asking of me. You know what happens if we take you before the Emperor. We know already. There's no hope for you anymore. And there's no hope for Ren, either. Unless you do what we ask. If you do, I will personally promise you that not only will he live, but he will live better than I did. He'll stay here in the palace. He'll get to do what makes him happy. And he will not know of your treason. He won't have to live with the burden. She looks at you, Oka. What the others have promised me is more than what you're promising me. And what have they promised you? An empty, dead future with no paragons in the world. Put the pieces together, Piao. What are you talking about? The Emperor is a paragon. <laughs> a paragon of what? Of what? Of Mengshen Shurdi. You think that she's just been able to put up the Dream Shield now and has never done that before for what reason? That the god shard of Mengshen Shurdi himself resides within their soul. Why do you think these assassins want her dead so bad? So that the second cataclysm may come and Andake be destroyed. No, that... that doesn't make any sense. Don't you feel how empty they are? There's nothing inside their souls. Hmm? I... I don't... I... No. No. They... spoke of a better future. They said that this was the way to bliss and happiness for everyone. You think they were talking about you and that everyone? This is so much bigger than your happiness. I... I... They promised power for my... for Ren. So he wouldn't have to be so forgotten. They promised... <laughs> so that the stranger might eat him and thrive. Who? The being they serve. This is a lot for Kotsurbu to take in. Um, they're just, they stand there like, you know, like their mind going 60 miles, you know, like a minute, like in their head. You like see the cogs cranking and they go, <laughs> I always knew that whatever plot I had embroiled myself in was bigger than myself. I am no fool, Mikoya, Hien, and frankly, I don't want to know more than I have to. I don't. But if you can promise my son the same kind of power that the others have promised him, I, I'll do whatever you say. I don't just want him to have a happy, comfortable life for the rest of his existence, with no struggle, no strife, no depth, 
A child should learn what pain is so they appreciate the joy. I want him to have magic. I am no fool, Makoya Hien. I take care of business on the heavenly road. I am one of very few spouses who is allowed to conduct business outside of the Dream Shield. I have heard tales of magic dying, fleeing from the hands of mortals. Even those who have had magic in their bloodline for generations. And if magic can leave, then surely, surely it can be taken and given. I want Ren to have magic. Keep up, Piao. Where do you think the magic is going? Where is it disappearing to? Who is taking it? Who is eating it? Who will continue to eat it until there's none left? You want, <laughs> you want Ren to have magic. You are giving him a world where he will not even have his own face. You are giving him a world of nothing. Empty of magic, empty Your of words, your words are not rooted in any reality I subscribe to. Then you are a fool. I don't care what you think of me, Makoya Hien. These are my terms. I think at this point, V coughs a little bit. <clears throat> and she's actually been gulping all of the olive juice. And she Ew. finishes it off. Disgusting. Yeah. You've obviously never been on Spiro, okay? Exactly. Um... um and she just asked, she quick, she interrupts quickly to be like, was this the chrysalis? Were you promised all these things by the chrysalis? What, the cult? What? No. Well, whoever you're talking to, trust me, I have seen what these people promising magic do. I've been in their little dungeons where they are concocting creatures who have nothing inside of them. They're capturing souls. Ren, at best, is going to be some empty beast's meal to power them up. I've seen it with my own eyes. I don't know what any of you are talking about. And like I said earlier, I... Uh, a part of me doesn't even want to. All I care about is making sure that my Ren is special. Okay? That's all I care about. Special in a real way. You care about making him special? He is special. Shut up. No, he's he not. He is smart. No, he is, he is average. He is dull. He is dumb. And he is mine. And I love him. But he is not special. Have you seen his diagrams? The things he draws, the things he creates? His you mind... You think I don't pay attention to my own child? Who are you to lecture me? Everything I've done. Everything I've worked for, everything I've bled for, everything I've sacrificed has been for his benefit. If I am to stand here and be lectured, I would sooner you just behead me right now. You would make him like you? No. I would give him the magic and the power to make his own destiny. Right now he has none. If the Emperor dies, you've wiped away any chance of him having anything, good or bad. I don't think so. Fine. We'll give him something special. Something that you obviously can't see. No wonder you struggled so hard with it. You don't understand it yourself. We'll give him, I think, the most power that he'll ever be able to have. We'll get rid of you. And then he'll be free to make his own decisions and be special. Just like you want. 
<laughs> I always knew you were a murderer. They are not a murderer. They have never taken a life, and they never will. Don't make that promise for me, Manaya. <laughs> I feel rather close to where we are right now. But you're right. I'm not a murderer. I'm not like you, Piao. I'm not. But you'll be working for us now. No. I don't think I do. Because if I walk away, and you report me to the Emperor, then I am executed. And so is Ren, who has nothing to do with this. And his blood will be on your hands. We both know what death down the vein means. Hmm. I've made one or two compelling arguments for life with the Emperor before. Are you sure you'd want Ren to live with that? Or perhaps we should go see what he thinks. What he thinks of all of this. Why not? He's sitting at your study table, isn't he? Go get him, Dewey. See what he thinks of his parents' betrayal. What he thinks of this traitorous monster. He would never believe you. Our kids are... It's so hard for them to see what sort of position their parents have put them in. But once they do, they'll never be able to look you in the eye again. Shall I go get him? Uh, Oka, roll intimidation again. Let's see what you get. Do I have another point of inspiration? We have collective. I'll take it. 17. She pauses, closes her eyes for a long time, and when she opens them again, the like fire of her hair has like almost completely died down, sort of like shimmering kind of like in a, in a, in a limp orange way against her shoulders. Fine. I'll work with you. But none of you breathe a word of this to Ren. Can I make a blood promise? Like, is there something special about trying to do that that will, that will bind us together? Interesting. Uh, why not? What kind of effect do you want if the promise is broken in either direction? Extreme amounts of pain. So much of it. So much pain. Okay, I'll allow it. Uh, so why don't you just make a uh, arcana check to see how well you can do the spell and describe what it looks like. Yes, baby, that is an unnatural 20. Okay, so what does it look like? Uh, I think Oka had laid out little, uh, like a kind of like circle in blood that maybe Piao just ha like is happens to be standing in, right? Uh, and Oka is standing in one also, right? Um, and I am actually going to use my brand new spell, baby, uh, and cast uh, Animate Blood for the first time. As uh, droplets of the blood, like, Oka, like, pulls, lifts, like, they lift off the floor, like, in a, like, reverse rain coming up really slow off of both of the circles that uh, surround Oka and uh, Consort Mupiao. Uh, and little droplets, like, wrap around... Oka's hand as they like hold it out to shake Mupiao's and like droplets will also wrap like almost like a rope like around Mupiao's uh, hand as well and it will like bind them together when they shake okay <laughs> what is this blasphemy an unbreakable promise it is an unholy simulacrum of the first three spouses power is what it is no 
This is my power. Fine. Then I promise. I promise to help you if you do not breathe a word of this to Ren or, li or lay a single finger on his head. I promise you that no harm will come to Ren and that we will not breathe a word of your treason to him whilst you still help us. What does it look like when the blood promise is sealed? Uh, it like ties together around their hands as they shake. Uh, and then it like sinks back like into both of them. And then like as the blood like drips back down. <sighs> Fine. What do you want to know? Podcast editing is by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransPlanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransPlanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon Paragons. Azura, Bradley, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Purple Mouse, Scruffisus, and Target.